So I just want to reflect and point out a couple of things about St. Michael's one. But first I want to take a minute and just acknowledge angels in general. Right? So the scriptures teach a number of things about angels. Jesus Christ teaches the concept of guardian angels, that we all have a personal angel. He speaks of the little ones whose angels are before the face of the Father. That's a spectacular concept. In our gospel reading today, he talks about the angels of God ascending and descending. In the Old Testament reading, we have the concept of angels of God ascending and descending. And so what are angels? Angels are spiritual beings, and the scriptures tell us that angels were created before the creation of the world. They were created before the material world. And so they are personal beings, right? They have a personality. They are, have great spiritual power and intelligence, but they're not material or fleshly. So they're distinct from humanity. We do not become angels, but there's one thing I trust and put down in my ministry is the idea that human beings become angels or that we become Purely spiritual, and get rid of our bodies, right? We are a body, soul, unity. And after the resurrection, we will be glorified bodies and be like Jesus Christ with grace. If you learn nothing else from me, you'll remember that. Okay? And you'll get another person who says, We're not angels. We say, No, we don't become angels. Right? That's my location about that. But my point is, angels are spectacular. And I'm going to touch on this a little bit. But I want you to understand that angels are, in fact, and words of faith that are very important to our worldview and our understanding. That there are demons in the world, fallen angels, and that there are angels who are spiritual beings and servants of God. Now I try to tell you people not think like I do about angels, because we're also obsessed with germs now, we wash our hands a hundred times, and I can't carry stuff everywhere, so we, we acknowledge that there are bugs we can't see. Okay? So if we acknowledge there are bugs we can't see, why would we try to trust there are spiritualities and personalities that we cannot see? That is, that's not a help. And so I joke often that I can understand why someone, uh, you know, 1,500 years ago found it hard to believe in the unseen world. Now I walk up and turn a switch and light comes up. There's a lot going on in the unseen world. So I actually think it's easier today for us to believe in what is unseen, and we confess in the creed, right? That God created all things seen and unseen, right? And so all that is just being understood in the worldview about angels. And, and so the first thing I want to point out about St. Michael is that St. Michael fundamentally is a worshiper of God. Now, at my exit, I always do that song about seminary a lot, so to show that my seminary, okay? They have flyers called. And so, if we set all of you guys up like monks, instead of facing this way, you'd be facing each other. And why do monks face each other in the choir? You know? Because they chant the songs back and forth. Alright? And you got to chant this half the verse, we'll chant this half the verse. And so typically the stalls are facing each other. Well, I always had my stalls awesome. So here's my stall, which I've played with what you have to Right across the street. The glory of St. Michael's widow of St. Michael's playing in the ground. And so I always think about St. Michael's literally every Sunday. Alright? 
Whenever I come to worship, I often say a prayer to St. Michael, which I will share with you. And St. Michael is a worshiper of God. And the tradition of the church tells us that God, having created the angels, revealed to them the plan of the incarnation. Now, what is the plan of the incarnation? What do I mean by that? What's the incarnation? Well, the incarnation is Jesus becoming man, not coming to human, right? In the flesh, in corn, corn fleshly. So the incarnation, the Christmas is technically the feast of the incarnation, right? Or actually, the annunciation would be. So Jesus becomes flesh. Who is Jesus? The eternal word, the eternal word of the Son of God. And so the fathers of the tradition church tell us that God revealed to the angels the plan that a member of the Holy Trinity, God Himself, would become not an angel, a human being. That God Himself would become material, take on flesh, and redeem humanity. And the tradition of the church tells us there were two responses to that. One was the response of Satan. What do you think Satan says about that idea? Not a good idea. And so the tradition says Satan's response was, I will not serve. I will not worship a human being. Right? Jesus Christ is fully God and fully man. Who the angels worship. The scriptures tell us there was another response, though, and that response was the response of Machael, Michael. What does Machael mean? El, the three elements, is the generic term for God, Elohim. Right? We refer to the Lord, Yahweh. The word, the generic word for God is El. Machael. The Hebrew word means, who is like God? Who is it to bring his job? That was Michael's response. Michael responded to the plan of salvation and received his name, Machael, who is the greatest God. The first thing we must understand about St. Michael is he is a symbol in the image of us of what it means to submit to the will of God and to proclaim the glory of God. That God surpasses all. And no one is like him. I have a good name because my first name is Jonathan, means gift of God, because he didn't know that. And my middle name is Machiavelli, and he was like that. 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 He was and according to the voice of his word, bless the Lord all who his hosts, he ministers who do his will. So the holy angels of God worship God. They sing his praise. And again, it comes to Psalm 27, the Gloria, that comes from the song of the angels, right? The birth of Christ. So we participate in the angelic songs which are praised to God. The first thing I understand from Michael, he is a worshiper of God. The second thing is the idea of Michael that I reference as the defender of the faith. Now, in my house, I have, I have a gift that I received that I love. It's a gift from an old assistant of mine, assistant director named Rob. 
with Satan and the demons in heaven and casting them out of the holy presence of God. The next thing I want to point out is this idea that the angels are defenders of the people of God. So as I noticed, that evil in the world is reality. And so I don't want to people who profess Christ uh, ignore or deny the reality of the demonic or evil in the world. Uh, who speaks about hell in the angels? Jesus. Who encounters demons in the name of Jesus? All of his ministry is back to following him and casting out demons. So if you read the gospel, these truths are ever present. Because where the Son of God is, there is opposition as well. Where Christ is present, the enemy is present. In fact, uh, it is the truth throughout the history of the church and all of theology that where lukewarm Christians are, there's not much demonic activity. You know why? No demons needed. Where people are being saved, and where missionary work is happening, and where people are turning to Christ, guess what you find? Demonic activity. Fighting against the powers of God. And so we have this idea of the reality of, of opposition in our spiritual lives. And in fact, there's a reference in the book of Jude, which I would find fascinating, and ironically I referenced it not long ago. It says that when, Michael, when the archangel Michael, contending with the devil, was disputing about the body of Moses, he did not presume to pronounce a blasphemous judgment that said the Lord would be you. So we have the issue of Satan fighting with Michael over the body of Moses. Why does Satan need body of Moses? He's a great prophet before Christ. He belonged to God. He was holy. Satan tried to claim that for his own and they use it. And so this story actually comes from the book of Enoch, that the Lord has discussed in chapter five. But the scriptures lay out for us the idea of an angelic war that is not happening in, in up here. But it's happening personally. Right? It's happening personally. And I always love that I'm sure it's a traditional prayer to St. Michael that I actually say quite often. And in many places he says every Sunday after Mass, just like this. St. Michael, we are being defended up in battle. We are defended against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him and come to pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, thrust into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the room of souls. Now, one other thing I'm going to touch on is St. Michael and the guardian of the people of God. So, let me try this. Alright? You ready? What I'm not saying. I'm not prophesying the world's going in next week. I'm not going to run into the Lord and put a day on it. And the church in every age has believed they were living in the end times. Because the church always sees evil in the world and what's happening, they say, Come, Lord Jesus. 
And in our own time, I wonder just how long humanity can continue on the path of the world. Right? And Jesus says that no one knows the day or hour that he will return, but he does say that we should recognize the time and the season. And as far as the their crop developing and coming forth, so we should be able to see. And St. Paul talks about certain things that will occur at the end of the age, and one of the things he talks about is what is called great apostasy. That men will surround themselves by teachers, men will have itching ears, and they'll surround themselves with teachers who tell them what they want to hear, and approve of their lifestyle. And there will be a great rejection of the faith, and that men will have an appearance of godliness, but deny the power thereof. Right? And that false worship will take place, and the Antichrist will arise. The scriptures tell us all these things. We do not know when that will occur, but Jesus tells us in every age and every era that we are to be ready. And the story he tells of his return like a thief who comes to night, like a bridegroom who comes when, those, when the bridal party has run out of oil for their land because they weren't prepared. Right? We are called to be ready. And when he comes, we are told, well, I'll just read it. Daniel chapter 12, verse 1. At that time shall arrive Michael, the great prince who has charge of your people. And there shall be a time of trouble, such as never has been since there was a nation till that time. But at that time your people shall be delivered. Everyone whose name shall be found written in the book. Friends, that is our hope. That when the time comes, when Christ returns and three months will rise, and the final battle takes place, that when the Lamb, who is the revelation of us, is the only one worthy to open the book with its seven seals, the only one who can open the Lamb's book of life. The Lamb of God, you can see it, with the cross, and the cross has a ribbon on it, the ribbon on the cross symbolizes the glory of the resurrection, and the Lamb is coming in the clouds, and he is sitting on a book. And that book has seven seals, you can see it. And the Apostolates of St. John tells us that in all the universe, heaven and earth, only one is worthy to open the seals of the Book of Life. And that the Lamb's Book of Life is open, and men's deeds are judged. And only those who are found worthy, who have washed themselves in the blood of the Lamb, have their names in the Book of Life, and get to enter the heavenly Jerusalem where they worship night and day in the life is the land of the sin of the world. That is our hope. 
מייצג משהו בסדר. 